Just a word of caution, the following content is satirical in nature and may contain a crude language. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to the Mind Melders Podcast, Episode 3. I am once again joined by my co-hosts and savvy-looking gentlemen, Eric and Justin. Um, and of course, this video is brought to you by loneliness and despair until we get our first sponsor on the podcast. Uh, so once again, tonight... I am drinking my favorite beverage called Your Ad Here. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of weird because it, it changed shape. Uh, it's a little this, taller. This company is not very good yeah. at making consistently shaped beverages. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a marketing thing. Yeah, we'll take anybody, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, like, literally even one penny. What do, you think that, what do you think the transaction fee for one cent is on PayPal? Isn't it a flat... I want to say like, yeah, I thought it was flat. 2%. Most merchants pay 2% on credit cards. I thought. Yeah. And I think some do like, I know we, when I did the, like we did this small business thing for one of my semesters. It was like a program where you like start a business and shit. Mm -hmm. And like, um, we used square and they take like two and a half or three, I think. So, and like, we we sold online too. And it was like three or something, which I think is high. So, uh, isn't Square, wasn't that an offshoot of PayPal or is that own, owned by Twitter? Am I That's, it's, it's owned by so Twitter, isn't it? It's owned, Jack owned it. Yeah, it's owned by the guy who started Twitter. Oh, so, Jack Dorsey. I don't, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he started Square as well. Um, that man indirectly has so much power. Yeah, and I bet yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sure. Ungodly. I, I, I don't he's know like how Scrooge much he's ducking it, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He's not quite Bezos, but he's he's getting no, there. He's working he's his way up, there, you know. Pretty soon he's going to have like SpaceX 2 money, you know yeah. what I mean? Dude, <laughs> you you know that that those billionaires that are at the like top 0.001% of the financial wealth in this country have like ridiculous pissing contests like, "Oh, my yacht is 1000 feet long. Well, mine oh, sure. is 1500, you know." I'm sure. <laughs> so, I I I heard this theory that like the reason why Trump even ran for president in the first place was because like he was getting shit at the White House correspondence dinner, I think back in uh it was like the late 2000s i don't remember what year exactly but like so like he was getting all this shit and he was just sitting there like festering like thinking like man yeah. i gotta get something these jackasses don't have yeah which is yeah. there's, real there's nothing there's nothing quite like the big dick pill that is running for president and winning you yeah know what I mean? <laughs> like that's that's pretty amazing yeah it's quite the uh, i'm sure it's quite the high you know yeah oh i'm like, sure yeah so. i mean <laughs> The the thing is that like everybody believes that that the role of the U.S. president has all of this ungodly power, which it does. I mean, you are the in in fact the most powerful person in the world, but you also have a machine around you that's that's built. So anyway, you have all of these cogs working underneath you, and um, as one of those cogs, I would like to express my sincerest gratitude for you know paying my salary. But yeah, well, I feel like. I feel like more than anything, you're kind of like the guy who does all the PR, right? Like you're the face of the company. Yeah. That is the United States, right? Yeah. That, I mean, he literally holds press briefings every day, right? Or I don't know. Uh, he, I mean, well, it, it was it, it every day. Now. I don't know if it is yeah. anymore. From like COVID, I think they were doing them every yeah. day. But like, yeah, I mean, he does them a lot. So. Yeah. Would you guys right. want to be president? Oh, 
no. No. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I was thinking the I same thing. I was just I curious what you guys I think say. there's like a part of my ego that would be like, that'd be kind of cool, you know? Yeah. But it's a like, little... That's like, too much for me. It's way too much. Even like a mild amount of fame would be too much for me, I think. Like, yeah. Ju- just enough to have like a few people be like, fuck this guy, you know? And I'd be like, oh. Well, you already got me. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, but you know, I know isn't, you. Isn't that the thing is that, like, your old, like, friends and social connections kind of wither as you are now basically synced up with this other massive group of individuals? Like, yeah. Like, no, no yeah. longer are they kind of your friends and family, but, like, once you have full scope on, like, what the country <laughs> is is doing and kind of, like, what how the, it's operating, I feel like you just kind of lose those connections a little bit because they get left yeah. behind. Well, and, yeah. like, those are kind of the only things you have left, right? Because I feel like every new relationship is pivoting around this thing that you're, like, super famous. You know what I mean? I've heard right. a lot of famous people complain about that. Well, like... Like, um, nobody's authentic. Yeah, and, like, people are just using you to get clout or whatever. Um, I hear that a lot from streamers, actually. I hear that, too, yeah. That's, like, that's yeah. what I was thinking of, is, like, the yeah. top streamers are, like, the ones that complain about that. So what's interesting, though, with streamers um, that's different, I think, and maybe why they're um, asked about this so much more, is that, like, they have the ability to grant fame to people. Well, I mean, like, the president could, too, but he doesn't have, like, a stream where you can say one sentence and then all of a sudden, like, thousands of people know your name or, like... or. I guess actually that's I'm kind of proving myself wrong because I'm thinking about CNN and how I kind of I kind of know what you mean, though. Like, no, yeah, I know. I know where you're coming from. There is something about the fact that like streamers do this thing every day and like it's their job to like interact with all these people. And then like the collaboration is so easy to like bring on a new person to like play a game with you that could like skyrocket someone's career. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So and like I, I don't know if the president can do that. I mean, maybe he could, but like, does he? You know, probably. I don't not. know if it would it's be not in his best acceptable interest. Acceptable for the president to do that, if that makes sense. Like, if, like if a streamer gives someone clout, no one bats an eye. But if the president was just like, "Hey, pay attention to this guy I like," I don't know if yeah. it would go over well. It's not like built into the president's job. Yeah, exactly. So, but it kind of is built into the streamer's job. Yeah, for sure. I I just think that it, it's interesting because. Um, to me, the job of a CEO really at its core is, is management and, and, um, I guess strategizing would be a big part of it as well. But I feel like a lot of that is kind of taking place in your cabinet and, and your, and your supporting staff. Whereas like you are the guy that kind of just approves or disapproves, um, and also does a, a lot of, uh, press and, and talking with other diplomatic leaders. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whereas Again, it's, it's, not, it's not so much focused on like operations, right? So like you can make the decision, you can like back something like Obamacare, right? So like President Barack Obama um, has a has a team of staff that puts that drafts this bill, and like yes, you are the one that created it, but it's it's you how it gets carried out, you have no fucking idea, right? That's yeah, why healthcare.gov yeah. was mm-hmm. such a disaster. Yeah, yeah. It's about <laughs> how much sure. money they allocate to different silos, basically. Yeah, you're kind of like the strategy guy, right? Or girl. Yeah. Like you're the person that does the the thinking up front and then like the execution just happens by someone else. Right, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's kind of like um I feel like it for like 
for the most part, um, you kind of can't get there unless you've done the execution yourself anyway. You know what I mean? Like the likelihood of you becoming a CEO without either starting your own company or um, having having previous CEO experience is like nothing, right? Yeah. So like um, you either work your way up, which requires you start from ground zero, right? Or you start your own thing, which requires you start from ground zero, right? So like um, even though you may be doing the strategy, like to get there, you have to do the execution too. Yeah, like, yeah. The the key element, I guess, what I'm uh, picking up from that is like you have to have experience, right? You you have yeah. to you have to start somewhere, no matter yeah. where that is. So I mean, Which, that's so why like, I think we see a lot of people get experience in big corporation and then either go to you know a, a different place of employment or ju- or just start their own uh, business with yeah. expertise. Yeah. So like, if you guys weren't like, so we all agreed nobody wants to be president, right? Right. But like, would you want to be CEO of a Fortune 500 company? No. Yes, that would be so much fun. I don't. Even, I kind of would like that as well. Like, I, I feel like it. you could be a CEO and not be super in the limelight of a bunch of people. Like, you could, like, people would lead, probably lead know who you life. are. But yeah, you could lead a private life for the most part. Like, you cannot do that with as a president. Right. right. It's like yeah. impossible. Um. I'm moving my camera, but, um, so you could like do all the, like, I personally think I would like the management job more than I would like the other, like any type of execution. Um, and so like, I feel like being a president or being the CEO would be like sweet. I mean, it'd be stressful, but it'd be cool. Yeah. I don't want the stress. That's the only reason I say no. Yeah. That's too much stress. I think it'd be maybe better if I, if it weren't like fortune 500, but yeah. Yeah. I think like it'd the, be cool. the job itself would be fun, but the stress that comes with it, I yeah. I wouldn't want that. But that's that's also part of what makes it fun, right? I guess, <laughs> like a little bit. I think so. It 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 gives your life a ton of of meaning and intrinsic yeah. value. If I'm being completely honest, like like your time matters a lot. Um, and so like a lot of people are going to devote their time to assisting you, uh, because you're like your well-being actually matters for thousands of people, hundreds yeah, of thousands. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was taking a walk outside today and I thought to myself, man, you know, what's summer in Minnesota. Uh, cause I walked by, it was just enjoying a nice stroll in the sunlight and out of nowhere, I just hear this like loud belch out of one of the apartments <laughs> beside me. And, and, and you could tell this guy was like pushing. He meant it. He was like, Bleh. You know, and I'm, and I'm just like, it's summer in Minnesota because everybody's got their doors open, their windows yeah. open. They're cracking They're, they're airing 3 all their stinky laundry out <laughs> to the world. And so with that comes a little bit of um, hilarity in the streets, which I thought it was it was really funny. Have you guys been like going outside a lot? Since, yes. Since the, yeah. I cannot get old? enough of it. I have not. And I wish that I did. But for some reason, I like have pretty much just quarantined myself into this one tiny apartment for yeah. like like I think the last time I went outside was Friday of last week. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm not joking. So it's been almost a week. 6 Wait, days no, no, no. of no You told me you sunlight. went for a walk the other day. That was Friday. Was it Friday? <laughs> yeah. Holy crap, dude. Yeah. My days are just gone. Yeah. yeah. That's how I feel at work a lot of times. It's like, 
man, that was another eight-hour day. Like that, like that was my life force that I somehow just got just siphoned gone. away to this yeah. big machine once again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ah, uh, um, no. But so I, there have been so many people walking and running outside with the coronavirus. Everybody's at home, right? So they're yeah. replacing all of their like go to the mall time with like running, Being or outside, walking, yeah. or and yeah. I, you know, I think that there there should be um some recognition that like okay for for minnesota um from the perspective of our work life we should really like like employers should respect employees time off in the summer especially just because if we don't get that recharge time of sunlight like we do develop uh seasonal depressive disorder here i like i experienced that pretty bad yeah um so I do appreciate like employers that kind of keep that in mind. Um, yeah. And, and like flexible, I feel like the jobs like there are, there are only like only the teachers are the ones that like kind of get the summer off. You know what I mean? Or like oh, get yeah. part of the summer off. Um, but like everyone else is just a regular, you know, it's another so, day. So actually that's interesting. We should talk about that. So teacher pay, which, so I, um, I have a family member who works in a school district. And so I have like a little bit of, of scope into what's like kind of the, the, the main complaints there. But so like I've heard on the internet that everybody's calling for increased te- teacher pay, which is, which I think is noble. Um, and, and I think that we definitely should put a higher dollar value behind educating our youth, uh, which is so utterly important to our infrastructure at the same time. The one thing that everybody forgets is exactly that teachers have the summer off. And so their annual salary is for nine months of work minus a couple of workshops or whatever that might occur throughout the summer. Although like some teachers. So like I think what ends up happening is like summer school is still a thing. So like I think but I think it's opt in if I'm it probably depends on the district. I'm I'm kind of speaking out of my ass here. But um, so like that's never stopped if you. Yeah, if you opt in, I think you might get extra pay, right? Um, yeah. And then there's other stuff like sports. And I don't know, like, does sports practice, t- it, it typically goes into the summer, right? Um, yeah. For some sports? At least at my school. Yeah, I think so. I can't re- I wasn't in sports in high school. So, so I mean, I would... <laughs> I'm I'm guessing that affects a minority of of teachers though. I mean like I guess if you were to imagine like the high school that we went to, right? I mean, what percentage would you estimate that just don't do anything during the summer? I bet it's I'd, well, anything I'd school related. You right. So like yeah. that's their 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 career exists 9 months out of the year. Yeah. I'd say um, more than 50%. It might be. I don't know. I bet almost nobody does nothing in the summer, right? Like, I bet a lot of people, like, get a second job or do something else. To yeah, get some that's extra true. Yeah. I guess I'm, yeah. I'm operating with incomplete information. But, but like, you're right. I mean, like, that's probably right that, like, how many how many of the teachers actually do stuff, like, that's paid by the school district in the summer? Like, I don't know. How, a small probably, amount, I would say. It's probably not that much, yeah. Like, yeah. a quarter, maybe, yeah. if I had to or, guess. Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard. Cause like, I don't know what the, like what the average or median teacher pay is even in Minnesota where like teacher pay is kind of high. We could look it up. Yeah. It, and isn't that because 
Minnesota. So actually is um, – I'm looking up whether Tim Waltz is Democrat or, or Republican because I He's think that Democrat. actually – he sure. is okay. So basically, I, I think our legislature right now has been semi-favorable to schools at, yeah. at the very least. Uh, so that has something to do with it, uh, where schools so, actually have the ability to pay teachers more. Go ahead. In in many in or yeah, this is in Minneapolis. So this is inflated uh, somewhat. Yeah. Okay. At a at a fiftieth percentile school, the fiftieth percentile pay. Is sixty one thousand, um, so Mini- that's pretty low for Minneapolis. Yeah, um, that's like that's only a few thousand more than like a manager at Starbucks. Yeah, from what I know, that's interesting. Minneapolis, really? Yeah, that kind of surprises me. Yeah, I thought so, it would be higher. Because, like, ad, admin, I know, can can make more than that. Uh, but you do have to be, like, either principal superintendent or, you know, one of the, like, higher-ups kind of. And, yeah. I mean, that yeah. does require an MBA uh, oftentimes and, as well. Yeah, and it's, like, a totally different skill set, right? Like, you kind of yeah. have to yeah. go with that in mind. Um, yeah. So... Eric, I did want to ask you, because um, we were t- kind of talking about your master's classes before. Yeah. Um, what is one thing that you have found, like, the most interesting that you've learned recently from uh, your degree? And what is one thing that is, like, still super fucking confusing and you wish that it would just go away? <laughs> that you. Um, I guess, like, one of the things, man, it's hard. I think one of the things that uh, is still super confusing and I don't get is machine learning, but I haven't taken a machine learning class yet. So, like, that's something that I haven't, like, touched on. Um, And, like, I'm also confused about why people even give a shit about machine learning. Um, It's kind of hyped up, and it's the same as, like, all the other statistical models we use. It just is, like, a little bit more complex and uh, a little more, like, it picks up on things a little differently. Um, but like, it's so I don't know. But like, yeah. What's In a, a weird cool way, thing? isn't machine learning um, just like a a statistical way to create essentially um, a, a big complex mathematical system which performs semi intelligently? Yeah. Um, so that's, like, that's if the you ultimate think goal. like a, a, the most rudimentary machine learning model is like regression, right? Which is like, um, if you had a bunch of points on a line or a bunch of points on a plot and you, you took the line that was the closest to the center of all those points, and then you can use Uh that to predict the new points basically. Right. So, Uh so it's a prediction tool. Yeah. And like, that's just, that's just like pretty simple math. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so like that's one, um, and then like the more complex stuff like deep learning and shit is like way beyond me. Um, it's like you, you kind of model neurons and then, uh, they like pick up on associations and then you weight those, uh, and it does that a number of times. I don't know. It's like fucking confusing. I'm probably not explaining it right, but, um, yeah, but it's like, I think people, especially in my field, people are pretty stoked about it. Um, it seems like kind of more of a marketing thing than it is like a real thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> like a party trick almost. Yeah, like what, it, what, that's what totally is the real what it feels application? Like. Um, there are very limited applications as of now. 
Um, and like we kind of, I mean, so like one of the things that machine learning is pretty good at is like predicting classes. So like, um, this is another model is a logistic regression model. So like if I wanted to predict the outcome of a league of legends game, given all the data, I could do that pretty easily. I could do that with like a 95% accuracy rate. Right. Uh, but so like, that's another, there's a lot of different ways to do that too. Um, but another one is like, uh, recommendation algorithms are a lot, a lot of times built on machine learning. Yeah. Um, have you guys noticed how YouTube's recommendations have gotten really good lately? Yeah. And like, I don't know. Did we talk about TikTok last time? TikTok yeah, is like I think really so. good. You at stand that. TikTok. Yeah, I do. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're getting good. Um, it's pretty cool. And like th- those applications are cool. Um, I think, but I think like people think that AI is something that it's not. Um, and that's a little annoying coming from like the other side. Where it's like, oh, it's just like statistics. It's yeah, like yeah. it's just really complicated I, math, right? So the thing is that I, I think Hollywood in particular has put certain images of what AI is supposed to look like into people's minds. And so when they say, Oh, AI like when Elon Musk professes that that AI could be a potentially dangerous tool, yeah. um, I think they imagine a scene from like iRobot, you yeah. know, of like or actual like physical beings going around murdering people. Yeah. Um, but really it's I mean, I guess my intuition would say that the most dangerous application that could come of it would be from from the use of hackers um if i don't know somehow you could figure out a new way to bypass a security protocol i'm again talking about something that i have no expertise in or i would say like the most for me the most dangerous application of it right now is just misuse um because it's really really complicated um and we kind of don't understand it and it's very easy to get an answer um, that's wrong that looks right. So, oh, I see. Okay. Um, and the other thing is like, so it, it, by definition, it learns by the data that you feed it, right? So like there's a lot of people have done a lot of research on this, but there's there's lots of ways that your data could be biased and that could mm-hmm. lead to further bias. Right? Yeah, well, I mean. In predictions about- and whatever the human brain has its own pretty complex filtration system to like tease out the important information. Right. So also I would say like, um, I guess from my experience or, uh, from my job, like one of, uh, the things that somebody like Matt would do, our, our mutual friend, um, bacon would do is like, is like, uh, clean up a database, right. Get rid of the noise. Like, um, it's, it's about kind of noticing trends, is that am, am I kind of on target there? Um, yeah. So like, um, like one of the perfect, like the kind of the textbook example is like, if you so like this has happened in the public eye a lot of times. Like the Connect when it first came out, like wouldn't recognize black people, right? Or like there was some issue with that. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Right? Yeah, which is like, but that's because they train the machine learning models on white people. Yeah. So like the oh. data that it had was biased it was for a specific subset of people it wasn't accounting for the whole population so then when they released it it was like oh shit this doesn't work right um because it was trained wrong so that's an example um huh of like the ways in which yeah i can't believe no one thought of that they're like i know know, i I can't remember include 
you know, different ethnicities. Yeah. Um, I might be wrong about it being the connect, but I remember something like no, that. No, I'm pretty sure you're right. I feel like um, I remember reading stories about that. Here's the thing. If that situation was mixed up a little and it was instead trained on, let's say, like Indian people and it didn't recognize white people, like people would take to Twitter in rage and just, you know, spout about how this is um, like a complete failure. Yeah. Like we I are mean, the think, majority. So like, I, think I think that outrage did, that. did happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you get outrage either way, but it's. I don't know. Do you think the fallout would be bigger or less? If I think well, it would I mean, be less if it was white people. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I think from a business standpoint, it might be worse. Like they might make less money, just because whites make up more of the population and would be more likely to buy their products. But as far That's as true, like right. Twitter outrage, I think it'd be. Worse. I bet it could be yeah. similar. Yeah. <laughs> it it would know. at least be similar. I think. Yeah. So, um, as long as we're talking about kind of like, uh, applications for this and, and how it can kind of fit into like recommendations. Um, one question that I thought to myself the other day was, um, how much do we need to police Google's search algorithms? Uh, so basically, so like if you imagine the, the meme of like fake news, right there, there's all this fake news out there. Um, Whose responsibility is it to really guard against what is objectively an untruth? Um, so I guess this this is kind of the common question of like how much is the platform provider responsible for the content of its members? And yeah. the really complex piece here is is given that, you know, so let's take the policymakers at Twitter for an example. If they adopt a certain policy that that ends up too liberal, in in other words, you you let people say whatever they want, that can result in actual real life consequences and even death through, let's say, the organization of um, or like uh, mass online cyberbullying would lead to a suicide or an organization of a mob or um, yeah, um, or like the plotting to kill someone or whatever. Right. Or even like how much? Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. What was your example? Well, well I was just thinking of the uh, a certain someone's recommendation for um, what was that to drink like cleaner or whatever over Twitter, aka our. Oh, I kind president. of remember something like oh yeah oh yeah or, yeah that um or like you know even like the the like four chan trolling people. You know what I mean? Like they would classic. like post. Like, you know, widespread on a bunch of platforms, like misinformation to get people to do shit. Like, I remember they did this, like, really convincing Apple ad about their new iOS update that would let them microwave their phone in order to charge it. And a <laughs> bunch of people yeah, ended up microwaving that. their phone, right? Isn't so, that like, how the OK racist symbol thing happened? Like, the OK I hand no sign? I thought, yeah, yeah, I thought it was 4 Yeah, that was so dumb. They and actually like spread, legitimately like got pepe labeled as a yep. terrorist image yeah. or something akin to that so fortune yeah. scary dude it, it is they, yeah yes. for sure it's kind of like it it brings about people who kind of just want to watch the world burn yeah you know what yeah. i mean so uh sweaty it's nerds who have nothing else to do yeah man um they, they don't have to pay a mortgage because they're living in their mom's basement <laughs> or rent for that matter yeah um 
Yeah, so like what the what the fuck do we do about that? I mean, right now the way it works is like if the advertisers are mad enough, then you start policing it, right? Right. I mean, so that's how that's, YouTube works fundamentally is like um if if you, the people who are paying to keep this website alive are upset about something being on the platform, then new policies could just get made, right? Cuz then you lose income if you true, don't right, if right. you don't deal with that. So that's that's the danger of of Twitter existing as a private uh, company for profit too. Like I feel like I feel like um, in in a in a perfect world, maybe um, social media platforms are actually public in which um, you don't have to bend to the will of advertisers or yeah. um, you don't need to have funding because you're already going to get an allocation or something. I, yeah. I, I guess I don't know. I've I mean, but like, I I also do believe in the spirit of capitalism. And so I hate the idea of um, nationalizing any company, um, which is very scary. (laughs) I think it's complicated. Like, like what the what is the solution to all of this stuff? I mean, fundamentally, it does kind of come down to people. Right. So like. uh, If the culture thinks that something is wrong um then generally that means that the people who are in power either by having the advertising money or um people at youtube's or twitter's um you know in their higher administration like Mm -hmm. those people will take whatever the culture thinks just like how the culture works right i mean they'll start to accept things or disagree or agree with certain things and then um and then make changes, right? So a lot of that is a, it does come down to like conversations like these, right? That's why I think everyone is talking about it because like um inevitably this stuff kind of just sorts itself out and we come to a conclusion and then everyone's like, "Yep, this is good." And it just kind of like goes, right? Um I I think it'll take a while. But yeah, I, think I could we're see still learning for sure. I yeah, I could see Twitter and these types of platforms starting to sort of sort that out um, in a way where people just stop complaining. It's like, yep, this works. Like everyone is satisfied. Um, so your, your vision of a perfect future would be one in which like people, like we've solved every problem that people have essentially posted to Twitter until we've run out of problems to solve. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't See, know. That, that, I, don't, I don't think that'll ever happen though. We'll find new problems. Result of twitter yeah yeah i well i agree i agree with both of you like i think it'll never actually like end right like we just find new problems um but i think that that i think that those things just get worked out right um like if you like okay so this is like a hard pivot i don't know if we talked about this last week but i'm gonna bring it back so like um esports is a brand new industry right um right Mm -hmm. it hasn't existed for very long um, it's kind of adapting things that we've learned from other industries like sports or other entertainment industries. Um, mm-hmm. But like relatively, it's new, right? So that means like companies don't really know how to handle management. Oh, are we going to talk about Lena? A little bit. Um, so like there's this whole scandal where the president of one of the major organizations in esports that has like multiple teams and lots of big titles um, has been very unprofessional, right? And the reason is, is I think is 
the reason that she's even hired is because this is a new industry and the people who run these companies do not understand how to run companies. Right. Right. Um, like the owner of the team was an ex or the owner of the company is an ex player. Right. Yeah. Like he used to play on the team. Um, yeah. He used and then to like, play. who is this by the way? Reginald the executive is the owner. Or the owner? Uh, both. The president is Lena Zhu. I think is how you pronounce that. And then Reginald, I don't even know his last name is the owner of TSM. And the company is TSM. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So like, um, they're, so- they're kind of in this hot water management sticky situation, right? I think um, it's a little more than hot. It's kind yeah, of Yeah, it might be boiling. Um, <laughs> but th- these things get will get figured out over... Like, so every other esports organization is going to learn from this. And potentially, oh, there's going to be new... There's going to be new policies at Riot that are... So that's, like, really explicitly say, like, this is no longer allowed. Because... The big right. issue is that there's this conflict of interest because one of the the president or the, the executive, I don't know if she's the president. She's the president. Yeah, so the executive at TSM um, and a player that they just signed are dating. So, yeah. So yeah, you, that's you, only half the story, turn. though. Yeah, I mean, it is only half the story, but that's the main issue is that... Um, I actually disagree that that's the main issue. I think the main Why? issue is that she discusses confidential information in front of that person that she's dating. Yeah, but like regardless of that, um, the fact that the, that might be able to happen is, I think, the bigger issue. The fact that it is happening so, is like, of course, like we're all fucking mad about that. But um, like from a broader, like, should this be allowed perspective, we have to like... That is the thing that's going to change. Is like there's, there shouldn't be any conflict of interest. Oh yeah, I mean Lena um, should have recused herself from TSM league related activities. Yeah, or whatever as soon as the she solution started dating is, double, or whatever yeah. you know, and the relationship, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um. So like, but I, my, my grander point is that um. It takes a lot of people to make mistakes, and then everyone to kind of be mad about it to for these things to get fixed, right? Um. And it's kind of a slow process, but like the industry as a whole will learn from this. And hopefully um, in the future, these things just won't happen. Right. Um, And that's kind of how these industries grow. Right. It's like someone makes a big fuck up. And then I don't know. Has Riot said anything yet? I haven't seen anything. I don't think so. So the, the the main culprit here, as I'm reading this article, is double lift because um, so let me just read a couple paragraphs. Let's just take like 30 seconds. It said, uh, the, one of the lights or in, they're talking about the limelight. One of the lights that was shined through, however, was the reacquisition of, uh, Yiliang double if Pang from team liquid. So he had a horrible season with team liquid double if completed a transfer back to his former team at the end of the spring split. While most were happy to see this, there was a bit of controversy in the fact that double lift is also dating Lena Zhu, the president of TSM. Um, and so he, it was also a point of controversy while he was at team liquid being romantically involved with the head of a competing organization, which is objectively a conflict, conflict of interest. So a, he should have either disclosed that relationship from the start. So they were aware. Um, well, and they, they did. They did. Yeah. Okay. So they did. So yeah. that, so it's still an issue. Just, just a quick aside here. The, the problem at least on Riot's end, is that they consider it a person personal relationship and neither of these people is actually employed by Riot. So 
if you read their investigation, they said essentially that there may be conflict of interest, but they don't certain uh, currently, sorry, have rules in place to monitor a personal relationship. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like this is like this is like if someone, I mean, TSM is like the twins, right? It's not the MLB. Um, yeah, it's, there's a team. It's like a, it's a subsidiary. It's, I mean, actually, it's not a subsidiary because they're not owned, right? Um, I don't know how the MLB works, but that's, that's sort of the analogy, right? Like this is its own company, and mm-hmm. Riot has has things to say about the way that they engage because in order for them to keep their spot, they kind of have to follow the rules of Riot. But right. um, they can't, like, they don't want to overstep their bounds because fundamentally it's it's its own company, right? And they can kind of do whatever they want. Um, I think they have to do something, though. I mean, they've done more to other teams for less. Yeah. So, I mean, really, it sounds as if the real losers out of this deal are Team Liquid. I think Darlock is the biggest loser. Honestly. Well, yeah, so then another Who's, thing that happened this is the 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 biggest part of this story is the fact oh. that this happened. Is um so these two people are in a relationship. I assume they live together, but maybe they don't. But they're in the same spot a lot, right? Because they are dating. That's how that works. Um so Double Lift is streaming, playing league, mm-hmm. um, and in the background you can hear her having a like a an important like CEO business call about her. And basically what she said was like, nobody wants to, to sign this player that we have who his name is Dardock. Right. Um, so like she basically said to the public on, on double of stream without her really realizing that one of their players has, uh, has like, like nobody wants to sign them and they oh want to get rid of them. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, so, man. um, and I mean, so like, like, big oh, bungle, yeah. right? <laughs> That's a big fuck up. Yeah, and I mean, it got worse afterwards because she tried to first blame their sponsor in her yeah. initial response. She said it was because of the Lenovo oh, PC. No. Yeah, uh, then she edited sponsor. that. And then she tried to say that she doesn't actually have any say in trades. But then there's Discord messages that were leaked from like a year ago, I think, saying of her saying that she handles player trades. So it's it's just a mess. Yeah. Wow. So like this is an example of someone acting very unprofessional in yeah. a in a president position of a large company that's right. raking in a lot of investor money, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's it's a budding company and industry. Yeah. And you can't like if I were an investor in TSM, I'd be pretty fucking mad. Yeah, that, <laughs> right? I've heard that a lot. That I, the biggest problem is like fiduciary duty problems, in that you yeah. you you lose TSM a lot of money. I mean, when they trade yeah. Dardock now, they're going to get less money. Yeah, because of this. For yeah, sure. but you know that's like part of. I mean, hopefully you would. As a company, you would hire someone who is more capable, but often things like that just don't happen, right? It's more complicated than that. It's hard to hire really competent, capable presidents for a company. Um, so, like, this is just a growing pain, and I bet every other president of, of uh, an esports organization is like, 
sort of wiping the sweat off their brow. Like, thank God it wasn't us in the limelight. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, Did and you like know who's wiping the spread on their brow as the PR person for TSM? I don't oh, think God. they have one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> which is like, which like, is why you this don't understand. Okay, they, they they've addressed this issue on Reddit and in Twitlongers. Yeah, that's it. Oh, it wasn't gosh. like they made like an official statement. No, like, they have a website like, by the, the way. Yeah, yeah. For, for this particular thing. <laughs> it's 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 oh man what yeah, so a, it was a pretty big a, bungle yeah i'm so glad i'm not her because being like <laughs> yeah. okay although hate on the internet fades after a couple of weeks um uh it's it's still a lot to handle at once and i don't and know I these are tsm her, fans dude i don't know if it's wait, ever can, gonna go away say it again these are tsm fans like they're gonna be mad for a long time <laughs> we're talking about the league community here guys yeah but everyone the, hates the, tsm the royalty of salt <laughs> i don't know i see i when when i was competing in high school in sports i always hated whoever was like the best right whoever was our toughest match like and and rivals of course but i mean why why do people hate tsm i'm out of the loop um i think it's because of a collection thing? of stuff like this yeah uh oh. that's at least my perception i mean also and, and they were, their fan base is like fanatic yeah like, wow. like particularly to, to extreme yeah um hmm. but you know i don't know i i mean i think i i do kind of feel bad for lena even though i think she pretty like she she definitely fucked up i'll say um, it. i don't <laughs> <laughs> but like um i don't know I think they'll definitely learn from this. Uh, Wait, and if so, they, sorry, go ahead. But go ahead. Well, did this happen during the whole like coronavirus stay at home thing? Because yeah. like that might be actually to blame at the core. Of no, this, no, no, like, no, no, no. You're telling me, <laughs> look, the I'm president just... of TSM and one of the highest played paid players in North America can't afford a house with two separate rooms. Okay, you're making a lot of sense. And, like, also, there are some other people, like, there's a reporter um, for, he, he's just a journalist, basically, for esports. He does a lot of interviews. Um, and his, I think, girlfriend wor either works for Riot or works for a different team. I don't know the details. Um, and their, like, their conflict of interest basically is not an issue, right? Because, like... I mean, you could make the argument that, like, the journalism is directly related who, to how people you view about? and, like, uh, Travis. Uh, he's dating oh, Nicole LaPointe, the CEO of EG. Yeah, okay. See, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Um, and so basically, but they, like, they're very professional about it, from yeah. what I've heard. Like, they're, like, like phone calls get taken in different rooms. Like, we don't fuck around with this. Um, oh, by the way, one more thing I wanted to add just for you, Nathan, was that there's also a clip from weeks earlier where Doublelift tells Lena that people can hear her on his stream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh but it was, and the she's Lenovo. like, it does. It doesn't matter. I'm not doing yeah, anything important. <laughs> yeah. So it was a pretty, yeah, pretty uh, interesting story. <laughs> a room with a PC that is currently streaming should be treated as a dangerous. Object. Exactly. Know, right? exactly. Be careful when you walk yeah. past that room. Yeah. Like all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, man, that's so that's so crappy. Like there, there, there were so many opportunities where that situation could have been different. For example, if she had an office, 
to normally be in. Or yeah. if she had heeded his advice of like, hey, people can hear you. If Doublelift had not gotten a new microphone or different <laughs> equipment or whatever it was that he was picking up. Or it like, was like everything aligned exactly wrong. <laughs> and like even with that, um, how you respond is particularly telling, right? Yeah. To stuff like that. Yeah. So like she like even if all this stuff happened i think people would be way less mad if she just responded well you know um, yeah she's it's been terrible she's made yeah. it worse every time yeah. she's spoken <laughs> yeah. every every tweet is like yeah and like the pokemon <laughs> podcast appearance was bad i didn't even watch that she dude, it essentially i mean i'm being reductive but it essentially boiled down to wow everyone's mean to me because i'm a woman yeah and like and like i've heard a lot of people no. have said um, like, even even with without the woman stuff, like, oh, everyone's mean to me and I'm so upset. Like, yeah, but you kind of you still have to kind of own it, right? You're, you're the president of a multi million dollar company. Yeah, yeah. I that her response should probably have just been, "I'm sorry, I made this grave error. Um, I am eternally." regretful and you know sorry that this happened and yeah. that this person got dragged in the mud it sounded like she made an apologetic response but not not that wasn't the first response yeah which is well and even like the apologetic response was a little like she, i remember thorin pointed out he's a journalist um <clears throat> he pointed out that she said something like nobody is more upset about this than i am yeah um which is a kind of just a selfish thing to say in a, you know what I mean? In a fuck yeah. up like this. Um, it's like, uh, I bet this is, this is really hard for me and nobody yeah. else. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and I don't know. My perspective would be, let's try to put as much attention on how somebody was like the, the person that was a victim of me. Like, like, don't make it about me. Make it about that. Yeah. Right. About like, that. I, like, I did this look, terrible I'm thing to really this person. Sorry, yeah. Like yeah. you deserve more. Like right. you're a good player. Whatever. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. So, like, immediately, like, counter, you know, you, you don't have to counter what you said, but, like, provide him some backup to at yeah. least cushion against the blow oh, that you just yeah. dealt. You know I have to mean? bring this up. Sorry, but it's important. So, yeah. you would think, because the LCS right has a players association, which is oh, meant yeah. to <laughs> fight, you know, it's supposed to be in the player's like corner union, in situations right? like this. Yeah. But like fight for three of the five people in power in the players association... Guess what team they play on? <laughs> Just guess. A team Liquid. No, it's no. TSM, buddy. Oh. The vice pre <laughs> the two vice presidents are Bjergsen and Double. The, yeah. So and Bjergsen has ownership in, the in TSM. Yeah. So he's like oh, got a vested interest. Yeah. And Double F just got signed. So, and he's the center of of this. It's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, that's depressing. Do you guys want to talk about something else? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so yesterday I got my oil changed, right? Uh, not 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 the sexual oil change, but you sure. know, just just yeah. a normal conventional oil change. Thanks for clarifying. What is? Hold on, can we back up? Yeah, back up, <laughs> back up. What, what is a sexual mean? oil change? What does that mean? What's a sexual what oil a change? Isn't that, that where you know your your fingers the dipstick and it. Uh. Uh, it it goes oh, up. I can see. Yeah. You learn something new place. every day. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, anyways. <laughs> so anyway, guy gets done changing my oil. Uh, charges me. It's all good. Great. He goes into the office, comes back with a Clorox wipe container. And he's like, sir, would you like a Clorox wipe? And I was thrilled. I, I didn't take a Clorox wipe. But the point of the story is that the guy who changes my oil offered me the potentially virus-stricken and, like, super OCD customer a Clorox wipe. I'm like, dude, take, like, two of those for your hand because I see those dirt under no, under those fingernails. You ain't hiding those from anybody, right? I, I just <laughs> thought it was hilarious that, like, this guy, like, it's, it's the company policy. Like, people are so afraid that the guy who changes your oil offers you... A germ yeah. wipe. It was that was like made my day. It's kind of an ironic, like you're dirtier than your oil right now, <laughs> potentially, right? Like, it, and and oil. Let's be clear, is not a transparent substance. Yeah. You can see it yeah. on his hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it is. It is for sure strange times that we live in. Yeah. Respect um, to that guy. Yeah. So okay, let's let's continue down this kind of post-apocalyptic route. So oh let's boy. let's say that the Rona spreads rampantly. Everybody's all dead. It's it's just mayhem, right? Um, so much so that you are now you know one of the last people on the planet. What is your survival plan? Like, how do you how do you continue to live your life to your to the fullest when? There's nobody else out there to even share it with. For me, I think the first thing you should do is locate the freshest food you can, a.k.a. a grocery store. If that's not being guarded by people with AR-15s, you're good that's to go. So, that's such a complicated question. Yeah, that's like, really hard to answer. Cause like, so, like, if we're really, I mean, if it really is, like, I am legend shit, right? Like, <clears throat> you're kind of the last Gotta person. Gotta get a dog. Yeah, get it. Step no. one. <laughs> yes, get a dog. No, yeah. for real. For yeah. real. He's got, he's got smell. He's got he's got hearing. Yeah, these are super. Could attack for you, right? You know, defense. Pre- press X and then you know point <laughs> in the direction of the enemy and yeah, and your that's dog how goes. AI works, right? Yeah. So that would be for sure one. I feel like I would have to figure out a way to like make food sustainably because like I feel like you can't just keep going to grocery stores because like shit expires, you know, and mm-hmm. like. I don't want to live off like Twinkies or like, you know, like really like unexpirable shit forever. I mean, I suppose it doesn't matter if you're going to fucking live, but um, yeah, and, you know, and it's an apocalypse, but you know, you'd want like, you got a farm or something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Renewables and sustainability should be the first focus. And I guess for me, like uh, what, like in, in my head, that signals like a generator. So we got to go find a generator. That's really hard. Yeah. Um, assuming that, like, I mean, there are probably hardware stores that sell those things. But, I, I mean, I guess it depends. Are we assuming that there are still people who might be having ownership of these already? Or, or like, are they just free for the take? How post-apocalypse are we going? Here? Yeah, yeah. Let's say, let's say. Like every, full Mad okay, Max so, or? <laughs> let's just go with a movie. Let's just say World War Z. Okay. So, so there's uh, still some people around and some like right, bastions, but they're probably humanity. heavily armed. Yeah, I think you're on your yeah. own in this in that situation, more or less, unless you can find like a group. 
Yeah, early. you can kind of group up with and band. Yeah. I don't know. So you, you, you would start all over, basically, so, like, rebuilding... So, I mean, like, isn't that telling, though, of, like, our species that our first instinct is to just group and, like, come to sure. I mean, we're, so, we're social beings. That's we, literally we like our evolutionary advantage. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe... So, do you know how in, like, video games... Or, well, I mean, this is a common theme across Hollywood, too, but, like, oftentimes in, like, superhero movies, it'll be about how one person can kind of overcome their own mortality or their own physical limitations. Um, and and I think a lot of, of why that is portrayed is because we are so often met with our own physical obstacles of, like, if I'm not in a group of people, this large corporation or this large cybernetic collective, then, like, I'm nothing. I can't do anything, right? So. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's the fact that like everybody out there today, that's just an average guy, um, really can't do much without either other people or godlike powers. Right. It totally, it like, um, the, I'm reading this book called Sapiens. I don't know if we talked about it last week. I think, I think we did Um, on the first episode maybe. Yeah. But that's totally in there. Like one of the things that we like, one of the things that we could do with language is like not only group up faster and like connect easier, but also we could like group up in numbers that were like way larger. Yeah. Do you guys like, realize how yeah, insane language is? Like it's, yeah, it's pretty wild. It's, it's wild. There's no other species that we know of that can use language like we do. Yeah. That's insane. And, like the ability to abstract ideas creates things like, ideology which can group people in numbers that are like way like a mat like a corporation is a good example of this like fundamentally you don't know 90 percent of the people that work at the company you work for right Mm -hmm. especially if it's like a big company um you know you you know your team and you might know the management above your team and like uh you maybe know some other teams that are in your office but that's like kind of it right and then but if you met someone and they're like, hey, I work for this company, you're like, I also work for that company. That's automatically a connector, right? All of a right. sudden you have like an ally. So it's a common um, cause. Mm-hmm. For sure. And you can do that with like people that are like we could do we could theoretically do that for America, right? Like 300 million people are have one thread of connection uh, in this in this nation that we live in, which is like we're all from America and we can all right. kind of relate in some way to that. Kind of on that same level, um, this is something that like Joe Rogan talks about, which which can come off as really ridiculous sometimes. But I think it's a good idea to kind of go over, which is that like at some point, all of the walls of our countries have to come down, right? We have to treat our planet as a planet of human beings instead of like United States, Canada, Mexico. Um, yeah. And We're kind of moving th- in that direction a little bit. I don't know if it's like moving you know, in the direction of building all the walls, but I, I um, want to bring something up quick before we get too deep into this. Do you guys think the pandemic is going to make us take step steps backward related to that? Just or because forward. I think we'll go backward if anything, because I I think some people will take this to be more isolationist and think of themselves because. Doesn't yeah, the fact maybe. that we're so also connected? Yeah, lead actually, to yeah, the spread? that is a good point. 
Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. It's it, it's influenced public perception. That's true. But I guess the question is, how long does that perception last before yeah. we go back yeah. to kind of think in the previous way? Or maybe it does. You kind shape, of. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, there's been talk about, like, it, it kind of is a binary event where, like, before and after are very different. Um, and, like, fundamentally, things are going to change. Um, but, like, what in what way, right? Because yeah. if it doesn't change in the way that we might be scared of where it's like you know we start to silo and like like globalization takes a step backwards because of this um then you know then we that in that respect we go back to normal but like um it may be i mean who knows man i don't know if that'll happen i think we're kind of too far gone to go backwards too far yeah i would agree with that Um, I, I, i think more that it would slow it down i don't i don't think it would necessarily make us go backwards maybe but because like yeah. you said, I don't know if we can, but I think it might slow down people's eagerness to keep going forward. If Assimilate that and mix yeah. and mingle. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. It's it's interesting because, I mean, the 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 picture of, of something like a New York City or an L.A. looks so much different now than it did even like 10 to 20 years ago in terms yeah. of demographics. Like, yeah. I feel like... In terms of ethnicities, we've diversified so much, um, but still under that same auspice of like, you know, I have one country um, and I mean, for good reason, because I don't know, I guess I I truly don't know how I would feel about like a central monetary system, um, which would be like one global like tax system, for example, like like I would want to know that the funds that I give to my ruling government come back to me like geographically right so like support my local infrastructure yeah interesting so i mean like but that like that kind of doesn't happen with federal taxes right like uh the money i mean maybe a small amount you could do the math right but like (laughs) the money probably mostly goes to places that you're not actually in direct contact with true yeah um and you know like your local taxes might go back into the city that you go visit often or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about that either because it is a little too far removed. Like it's a, a bit too abstract. Yeah. I would for, agree. Especially cause like a, that's what we're used to now. Like we're used to like, this is what a nation is and like, this is how this functions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think globalization I don't know what the next evolutionary step is for that. There's there's too much red tape to tell um, to, yeah, to kind of cut through sure. before you see any significant change. I but I tell you what though, we saw a significant significant step towards globalization with the invention of the European Union. Um, if if, yeah. if that's any indicator, I mean, yeah. Okay, actually, I don't even know. Let me Google this. Uh, and I guess e- we did take a step back because like the UK, yeah, <laughs> literally removed themselves. So. The European Union's GDP as of 2018 is 18.8 trillion. That's at the top of Google, so that's my source here. Um, Wait, did the, did Brexit happen? Happen? I, I believe, believe so. so. Yes, it was like um, a two or three year long process, but but I it believe happened. It did, yeah. Yeah, so okay. j- just to kind of continue this thought really quick, so the United States uh, in 20 is this i assume this is 2020 oh 2018 was 20.54 that was their 
uh, I'm sorry, 20.54 trillion was their GDP. So the point of saying that is that um, we're similar from a GDP standpoint. So we, like we in the United States have not had reason to kind of band together and form a greater collective in order to negotiate more power, um, you know, uh, bigger contracts uh, in terms of like trade between countries. Um, so, I mean, yeah. it hasn't been necessary yet, but I guess my question is like in, at what, in, in what year will it become necessary, right? Are we talking like 2100, 2200? Like, I, I feel like this is the inevitable path. It's just, we, we don't know what will happen between now and then. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's hard to answer. It, it's such yeah. a complicated <laughs> thing. Cause like. It involves way more than just, like, the nations in isolation, right? Like, it's also about all of the corporations and industries, like, within those companies and how they have to interact, like, specifically, right? True, um, yeah, right. So, like, yeah, it's kind of quite the moving puzzle. I but, will say that in economics, uh, trade, like, increased volume of trade is always seen as pretty much a net benefit. Um, so that's why there are so many people against um, sort of gatekeeping policies, or um, I know there's other proper terminology that I'm not using, but um, it's it's always better to kind of spur on as much trade and as much economic activity as is possible. Yeah, uh, just because that leads to greater profits. If uh, yeah. assuming you're operating a cash flow positive business. Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting. Like I like the we talked a little bit about this in business ethics, I think, but like. The philosophy of markets is kind of interesting. Like, it is. by definition, a trade involves that both parties are willing, right? Mm. So, like, and mm-hmm. that, like, the rest of it just doesn't matter, right? Um, like, whether or not one person, I mean, it does matter. But, like, in the context of, like, a trade in silo, whether or not one person outside of the trade understands that this trade is unfair or, like, one-sided kind of is arbitrary mm-hmm. given that the trade is that both people both consensual are yeah consenting to this trade and the trade's happening right um i don't know it's just cool like yeah there's lots to dig in there did you guys ever take um like micro or macro economics no I it wasn't part of my degree micro i think it's not super practical i would say in like everyday life but it does give you a really good base um of of knowledge as to like how i mean how the economy works on a on a uh, macro level at least micro will i feel like teaches you more about like an individual business yeah um, and like how to kind of run that effectively yeah Yeah. Uh, that's cool i mean i wish i'd kind of taken that it was interesting for sure yeah. So most most of the business classes I took were like fucking like intro to marketing. You know, they were like really the like first level, uh, like baby basic classes. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I literally took like intro to finance, marketing, uh, management, um, and then like business ethics. Do you remember it. what they taught you in finance? I'm just curious as a finance um, person. Not that much. I I remember talking about like a little bit about investments, um, but it was pretty much like high school math finance, right? Oh, like it was like here's what like compound interest is and shit like shit like that, um, and then a little bit about like what is a bond, 
and um oh, okay. you know like the differences between different investments and things like that so yeah yeah a lot of finance is just about calculating basically what a price should be assuming you yeah. have a fairly valued asset um yeah, and prediction. so that's kind of where it links up to the whole macro micro piece is like yeah you know how does supply and demand impact the price of an asset um how you know there there's a bunch of factors that all exist in their own separate um knowledge categories and i don't know that's they all you know, work together <laughs> so, something i wanted to bring up that it might sound like a joke but it's really not i promise what i've learned the most about economics from is actually world of warcraft world of warcraft. no no Warcraft's joke game. yeah yeah i'm serious for sure it's actually kind of crazy were you yeah. were, were you able to like trade and like make a profit like oh yeah, I'll yeah. buy I'll buy this item for this price and then later yeah I, I regularly buy out like a supply of an item so I can reset the price and I, I monitor the price of it I mean in the last like, in the last forty eight hours I've made almost a million gold <laughs> yeah which is like if you consider <laughs> it's like ten months you, of game time yeah so that's ten <laughs> times fifteen dollars in value. So one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty wow. cool. Um, I so. remember when I was twelve, uh, I played a lot of TF two at the time, so much so that I would just spend my afternoons like in a trading server. Um, and so skins, baby, like CS:GO is the same shit. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. um, the big traders would make these massive transactions. We're talking like an orange fireball unusual hat right you got you got a hat with a fireball that goes around that should cost you 150 bucks sir yeah <laughs> so like these guys yeah. were almost trading with like real life money worth of these like rare items in tf2 um but i would be on the level of trading um weapons which is the lowest tier you can get to where you basically double your value um, but it's the equivalent of like a penny. So like, imagine you could pull a lever, right? You spend all this time to pull this lever. And although it does double your money, you put in one penny and get two. Um, you can only put in one penny at a time. And so it's yeah. like the, the scale on which you're trading is so small that it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I did build up probably $30 worth of value. So yeah, it's fun. And that's now. kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you think that you're doing something important when in reality, you're just yeah. wasting your time. Like, yeah. let's I be mean, honest. Well, it's like, you're hey, learning. I don't, I don't pay my WoW sub anymore, so I don't consider it a waste of time. It yeah. saves me 15 bucks a month. Yeah, you, now you can play this free game for free. Yeah. That's true, yeah. And it's a fun game. Yeah. Well, is, is it right Debatable. now? <laughs> Debatable. It will be. It will be. <laughs> it will be. Yeah. <laughs> it will be. Are you guys, like, really leaning on the next expansion? I am for sure. I think okay. Justin is more than I am right now, but yeah, I'm I sure mean, I'll I'm sure I'll hop on the hype train pretty soon. Yeah, like I'm an officer in a guild, so like I have sort of a responsibility, if you want to call it that, to play the game a decent amount. <laughs> so I've played a lot of BFA, and BFA is a very terrible expansion. So I'm ready oh, to be God. done. Yeah, it's like probably one of the worst. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, that's why... So, there are people on YouTube who kind of make their life around one particular game, and it's like, I don't know if I could even handle that um, as a career. Like, how many... What it, what hour is Captain Sparkles on in Minecraft at this point? Yeah. It's got to be over <laughs> 10,000. Yeah. 
Or like, could you imagine yourself still playing TF2 as much as you did? No, not yeah. at all. And the yeah. thing is that like the game ages, right? So like yeah. TF2, while it still looked really good for its time, um, and I, you know, recognize that it still looks does look pretty good. But you know, it's it's from 2009. Um, yeah. Even though there have been a lot of updates, it's like, oh, this, this is on an engine that was made ten years ago, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like you can. Although tell. I think Source Two is in the works, right? Yeah, yeah I thought they I were thought waiting so. for the VR. I think they might they might jump on that a little more because uh, Counter Strike is has a major competitor now, um, and I think they've been talking about doing Source Two for a while. Wasn't um, the source code so, for Counter Strike leaked a while ago too? I don't I remember. Really? Um, but I could see them like really doubling down because like already since Valorant came out, they've been making CSGO changes. Yeah. Um, oh. And like I, I could see them like starting to like pick up some steam on that. Yeah. Um, um, I think Overwatch 2 is coded in the Source 2 engine. I'm going to Google that before. Oh, actually. really? Are, are you excited for Overwatch 2? Like I'm someone no. who doesn't really like Overwatch. So, so I... I uh, Wait, is it is it in a, in a new engine? I think so. That's pretty much the reason why they're releasing it because it has all of the same heroes and the same maps that we had. Or no, I I don't know if it has legacy maps, but basically they just reskinned everything. Um, and okay. and and to to kind of sum up my opinion, that's why I'm not really super excited about it. Although I will buy it, and Blizzard will vacuum up my money. Um, huh. It. It's really just a reskin uh, with new maps. Yeah. And they said they're going to keep adding heroes. they had like a heroes. PvE mode too? Thought, that could be true. That does sound familiar. I thought there was like a campaign um, or something you could do now. But. Wait, yeah, did there I is say a story. Okay, I, th- I, I, I want to renege my previous statement. I think I mistakenly said Overwatch 2 is coded in Source 2. I don't know why I conflated those two in my head, but... Um, oh, so okay. So their lead developer Jeff uh, said that it's not a new engine, but a heavily upgraded one, uh, which okay. is that sounds like Blizzard. the biggest change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I laughs> Just mean, optimize the shit yeah. out of it. I mean, people will d- buy it. The the World of Warcraft engine has so many pieces of duct tape on it now. Like it looks <laughs> yeah. okay, but man, it doesn't run well. Well, World of Warcraft seems to also have to have support for like mods and add-ins i guess like yeah i guess from my experience like people will post their own overlays and oh yeah, yeah. You know, nobody who plays the game even semi-seriously uses the base ui mm. you just can't. yeah there's it's like a fundamental okay. part of playing wow yeah um so yeah that's interesting i mean so like where, where do you think overwatch is as someone who's played it have we talked about this Literally, we've, we're three, four, three or four episodes of this goddamn podcast, and I don't know what we've talked about. I'm already forgetting. Dude, um, look, look at the timestamps on my YouTube channel. That yeah, I, oh, yeah. I spent hours, Eric, <laughs> putting that together <laughs> for our count of 23 viewers. Hey, that's pretty nice. good. We care about you all hey, a lot on this in channel. In week one, we got 52 views. 52 views. So, yeah. Um, you yeah, but anyways, like, where, where, what are your thoughts on Overwatch in terms of its like, like place in esports? Like, do you think it's it's still holding a pretty good footing? Do you think it's on its way out? Um, like, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think that personally, it requires 
so much skill to be a master of because basically you're managing not only do you have to actually like land all of your shots um as opposed to league of legends where you just like you know right click somebody and they the basic lands um but you also have to manage skills you have to manage hero roles which is like the biggest part of the actual meta piece of the game is is managing like who actually counters who in real time you have to manage alt usage which is your primary resource um, and so, like, timing hero switches with uses of ultimates um, is... So, I mean, like, basically, it's... it The the level of mastery that you can achieve in Overwatch is, is unbelievable, I think. Um, at the same time, I think its popularity has probably plateaued, although I, I haven't really dug into the numbers. But what, uh, my experience is based on, like, queue times for competitive, um, where they've elongated a little bit. Uh, which means that people are playing, um, but it's it doesn't seem to me to be like the biggest esport, and it's really certainly something that I don't personally get excited about. I will say that Blizzard does a fantastic job of promoting it, uh, promoting the Overwatch League because there's a button yeah. right right in the client that will like take you to the to whatever's being streamed at the moment. Um, so I think there will be a lot of renewal of interest with Overwatch Two. Um, but like currently, I guess to me, it doesn't really stand out as an esports. Um, although I do respect it a lot for how much skill and strategy that it takes to be good. Do you yeah. like, have you, did you hear that the MVP of the Overwatch League left to play Valorant professionally? No, I did not. Where do you guys hear these news items on Reddit or like what? what are uh, I follow on? a bunch of esports journalists on Twitter. A lot of Twitter, yeah. Oh, Okay. But, I did not hear about um, that. So, I, I don't know. I personally, like, uh, maybe I'm a little biased because, like I said, I don't like Overwatch. But I think Overwatch League is, like, slowly dying. I don't th- I don't really think there will be a resurgence. Yeah, it's 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 possible. I kind of... Um, <clears throat> go ahead. I, yeah, I don't know. I kind of wonder that as well. It's it's hard. It's hard to predict. Um, And, like... I think the tough thing about that is that, um, like, again, it's a new industry and they tried to do something interesting with the way that teams worked, um, by localizing them, like, like other sports work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have a London team and an LA, a couple of LA teams and like, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, um, I think that's an interesting idea. I think COD might've followed in their footsteps, um, and done something similar as well. But that, I think, poses new challenges. And um, I don't think they did it well enough to warrant... Like, I think they did it too quickly. Like, they, there was no yeah. real organic scene for Overwatch before they just... I, I would in. agree I with mean, that, there, yeah. there was a small one, but it wasn't really, like, situated. Yeah. So and I, mean, I also think, like, th- it seems like Blizzard kind of did it haphazardly. Um, like, I don't know. They just kind of threw money at it until yeah, it worked. that's kind something. of the vibe that I got too. Uh, because it doesn't. I mean, it's not organically at the top of Twitch. Uh, I'm just going to Twitch right now. So, oh, and I've heard. They- they they stream they their Overwatch it. league matches on YouTube now though. Oh so yeah, they that, got oh, they got an official. Okay. That's part of it. I've heard they buy a lot of embeds as well. They do, which is a little unfortunate. 
Where is Overwatch? It's not. I can't. Oh, okay. I missed it. I missed it. So it's number fourteen on Twitch. What? Right what are League and Valorant? Just for some comparison. Uh, Valorant one sixty four, Hearthstone sixteen point six, Just Chatting two hundred eight, League one fifty seven. And what's Hearthstone at? Or Overwatch? Twenty one point three. Yeah. Yeah. That so like right. doesn't even hold a candle. Minecraft has double the viewers. <laughs> it's right next to Legend. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Team Fight Tactics has double the amount of views. Although I bet this is like a single streamer. Probably playing yeah. Team Fight Tactics. Probably just Scara. Is Scara playing Team Fight Tactics? Yes, right now? it is Scara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So like LOL Esports, which is the official channel for league esports and includes four regions granted so it's a little hard to compare has three million subscribers on youtube and the overwatch league has half a million yeah um and the overwatch league is like the they've like signed with youtube so they're like official you know they don't have a twitch stream or anything um I don't so, really yeah, I don't, think of it as a big contender. Um, it's hard to compare to because they're two different games and they're fun, they fundamentally serve different roles. But yeah, um, I, to me, Overwatch is a perfect mix between like a MOBA and a shooter. You know, I mean, like they incorporated exactly half the elements from each. Um, yeah. So it, it it fills its own role. Do you do you enjoy watching it? I would if I had control over who I could watch. One of one of my biggest oh. pet peeves when I watch mm. Overwatch is when the spectator, like uh, the actual camera person, they they rapidly switch views from like one person to another to another to another. And it's yeah. like, dude, I would rather have somebody watching the match from above that will slowly pan over to where the action is happening. Yeah. I'm Let surprised me they don't the have pro view like League of Legends does. I mean, you have to pay for it, but you can like watch the POV of yeah players. So League does like you can you can watch like the top laner for C nine. Yeah, and I've done and that. Just yeah. watch them. Yeah, yeah, and you can learn a ton from that. I've, yeah, I think sure. I did that for like twenty minutes one time, and it was like I didn't even know this hero could use this ability. Like the yeah, <laughs> or, you know, yeah. like I I didn't even know I could flash over this wall. Yeah, whatever. So the combos. Yeah, yeah. I know. But yeah, big Overwatch fan, mostly because I'm addicted to it. I'll I'll admit it. Just wait till um, you can play Valorant. It'll go away. Huh. Yeah, Valorant's pretty fun. I I anticipate myself getting pretty salty at Valorant, but we'll see. I've been playing Counter Strike too a little bit lately, because um, because like, uh, just to kind of compare and see mm-hmm. uh, how they're different and things like that. Um, and like it's pretty fun, although people are fucking way more angry at counter-strike than they oh, are valorant yeah people are so Aren't there a lot mauling. more I mean, hackers like, and stuff in Counter-Strike yeah that's too. the other thing too it took me three or four competitive games to have no hackers in my lobby oh um, really like the other like the first three well, or four we, games i played had like a hacker for sure are we talking source um, or global offensive uh global offensive oh okay. so like still the modern game um yeah but, valve is not been think, known to be very um like yeah <laughs> user-friendly to you know <laughs> Institute. yeah for sure yeah like um, tf2 mostly has lobbies with hackers kind of strike source is full of hackers yeah half-life like, deathmatch was ruined by hackers back in the day wait, Did you i didn't even know that was Half-Life a game Deathmatch that no. exists yeah so yeah. all of the weapons from half-life 2 you can use them in pvp it's it's just like quake but just with half-life weapons 
I literally thought that's what Counter Strike was. I have <laughs> I have never played Half Life, so oh, I, don't, okay. I don't really have a frame of reference there. Yeah, you're that's cool. Busy with World of Warcraft back in your childhood. Yeah, I, I we don't need to talk about but... how much time World of Warcraft is eaten <laughs> up yeah, in my yeah. life. I know. <laughs> Look, I already have an absence of memories from my childhood. We don't need to yeah. remember the absence of memories. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, right. do you guys want a question? Uh, one one question. Uh, I think we have about ten minutes more here, something like that. Okay. Yeah, about ten figured, minutes. Yeah. Um, what have we been going for? Typically, hour twenty um, or hour I thirty. I say shoot between an hour and a half to two, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um. So today I was standing, grabbing a snack from the fridge, and I looked at our fridge and I saw a grocery list. Right. So we had written down. Um, a few items on a paper grocery list. And I thought to myself, I was like, man, that is so outdated. Like, my girlfriend will write something on a piece of paper, and therefore that information is locked to that piece of paper. My strategy is to write it in my phone, right? So we're digitizing that piece of information. So pivot to the question of, like, what will we, like our generation, fail to adapt to in terms of technology? So, for example, my grandparents never got to the era of using a smartphone because it was just too confusing, right, for for their brain to kind of understand. I think yeah. for us, that might be augmented reality. I think that, like, our grandchildren might be getting crazy chips embedded in their bodies. And we're going to be of a generation where, like, no, my body is sacred and pure and I want to just have everything be natural and biological. Um, what do you I think? I could see that. I think that's a little further than we think. Yeah. Um, I do think, I think, I think AR is, might be the thing though. Like the glass, like glasses or mm. like in your car or something like that. Um, yeah. I don't, it's hard to imagine. Cause it's, like, it's hard nobody for me to predicted answer. the phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so like crazy. Um, yeah and an also idea. i guess the one of the other limitations of the question is like you have to have um a prediction of what the future is going to look like and like yeah. that's yeah. so impossible i will say however that um our not not to like toot our own horn here but like our generation has so many changes in technology that we've kind of witnessed major shifts yeah um that I think that people now, like our generation and younger, are super open to new forms of technology. And we're, like, pretty good at adapting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. That's interesting, because I'm always, like, the one of the, like, anecdotes I have about that is, like, um, every single time a major app does an overhaul of the UI, everybody is furious, Right. Mm-hmm. Right here, so Bobby. like right. Twitter or Facebook, <laughs> they move shit and like it's just molding people left and right. Like yeah. everyone is just okay, so mad. But I'm gonna caveat but, that a lot of the UI designs are bad. The redesigns, they're I just, they're totally bad. disagree. They're bad. I am fucking. I'm gonna. I'm no, gonna stand. You're Facebook such a and tech Don't stand. Fuck, holy crap! Broken. Exactly. No, but here's the thing. Like, um, there are reasons that are more complicated than just we. Uh, we want it to look nicer that they have to change stuff like this. Um, like Facebook, for example, as a, as a software developer, a little bit. Um, and I'm definitely not like at the level of the people working at Facebook. Um, but like, um, 
first of all, it's not that hard to figure it out, right? Like we're you're like you said, we're all tech savvy people, and uh, it doesn't take that long. I mean, I get that it's a little jarring at first because you're like, where's all the shit that I used to know where it is? Um, but like most of the time it's done in a way that you could figure that out within the first day of using it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, then it's still a pretty easy Google away. Right. Um, and then secondly, like Facebook is a, a good example. So like the Facebook feed is different now than it used to be. Um, and they moved a bunch of stuff and everything like that. And I think they did it so they could optimize for mobile. Cause it looks and for way advertising and probably for advertising. I could totally see that. Um, but it looks a lot like the mobile version. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's probably lots of very specific reasons um, that you would want to just keep them the same um, or very similar between like the mobile and the desktop version. Um, yeah. So, and I also think that they pump a lot of money into UX, which is like uh, they have teams and teams of people doing literally research on how, how, what is the best way to make this button? Like I'm, that's like it like, sounds a little dramatic. Go on like exactly. Like they, yeah. I mean, they pumped so much fucking money into that. Um, every company that does software design has a UX team, and if they don't, they're like too small to have one, or they outsource it. Like uh, that's just it's just uh, it's necessary. Um, so I think they know what they're doing, and I trust them. And it doesn't it doesn't take that long to figure it out. You know what I mean? Um, but I do get that it's a little annoying. Uh, I don't respect your standing of tech companies, Eric. Why? <laughs> because I'm a tech nerd. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Oh, I agree. They, they make changes that are probably good for the company and good for advertisers, but I yeah. don't always necessarily think that aligns with what's good for the person actually using the software. Well, but it, it is it is a consideration, right? Sure. Um, I'm just they, saying it's I mean, not, it might not always be the top priority. I think it's one of them for sure. I think it's one of the top priorities. Um, Cause if you, if you no longer have people on your platform, then it's just like, yeah, but like how, how much do they really have to worry about that? Cause people are still going to use Twitter regardless of what Twitter. Twitter I think, looks I think like. you'd be surprised. Like, I don't know if they put that out. Is, is Twitter public? I think so. I thought uh, it was. Yes, they, it is public. Would they list. have, uh, their, I think their tag is T W I T. Uh, TWTR. I was going to see if they had any information. They probably don't put this right on the income statement, but I was going to see how much they spend on UX. So that would be Um, probably fall under the R&D line, um, research and development. So if we go to like finance, this is probably just super interesting radio for people to listen to. (laughs) 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 UX design. (laughs) I'm not, I'm, I'm just so like they spent we're three nerds we're gonna talk about this, this last UX. quarter they spent 200 million dollars on r&d <gasps> twitter, twitter did that's um, actually not as much as i thought how much what how many how much total revenue did they have i don't know 200 million dude 200 million uh-huh. is what we spend in sgna in like a week no not really that's an exaggeration but because uh, 200 million is about four months of SGNA expense for us, which is basically so like, so um, from a health insurer's perspective, you have two categories of expense, right? 
the money that you pay doctors to treat your members and everything else and everything else. So for, for us, that's about four, four months worth of spend of everything else. So their Q1 revenue was $810 million. Wow. That is not nearly as much as I thought. They don't have a very good monetized system. Um, so they don't have a a quarter of their, they don't have a very good monetization system. Um, so like not nearly as much Twitter's in a weird, yeah. Or like YouTube is, or even, you know, all those other tech giants. So, what is it? A fourth of their income was on R and D. And like, I don't know how much of that is UX, but I bet it's a lot. I bet a lot of money goes into like, what is the best way for a user to interact with a tweet? Right. Or how, like, how do you onboard a new user? Yep. Right. Stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, I'm with you. So I think you're right in that. Like sometimes they do take considerations of like ads or like the revenue that comes in more than they do the user. But um, I think in general, you'd be surprised at how much they like really give a shit about how the user interacts with their oh, yeah. stuff. Uh, I don't think they don't care. I just don't think it always has the right results is basically my yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you too, Justin. Um, From the perspective of somebody like a Jeff Bezos, though, for example, like, wouldn't it feel so good that at any point, I mean, you, you could make an offer to buy Twitter or like any one of these massive, massive platforms. I'm sure that's of, what's so like intoxicating about making money is that yeah, yeah. you He's could totally totally just he bought like Washpo. Uh, yeah. What is that? Washington uh, the, Post? the Washington Post. Oh, I've Sorry, never heard that, was... that phrase for Washington Post. That's yeah, funny. I I think I got it from Ben Shapiro. So I'm I'm clearly a, a, a right wing extremist. Based off of that. <laughs> I like how that line of logic. Uh, hey, Ben Shapiro. Wow, yeah, he just dropped. Speaking of, just dropped two hundred and fifty million dollars on Washington Post. Two fifty. That's crazy. That's yeah. To buy a newspaper. Hey guys, let's let's start a GoFundMe. Wow. You want to buy? Yeah, a <laughs> family. We can have that by tomorrow, dude. <laughs> he sold the newspaper to a holding company established by Jeff Bezos for two hundred and fifty million dollars in cash. In cash. Oh, buddy. I would want to see that in suitcases, man. I would want to see an armored truck roll up with like ones like dangling out the window. Or you're gonna um, go like full (laughs) full villain in a movie, just cases of money. Speaking speaking of villains and and right wing extremists, so I wrote a bit. Where are we um, going? About (laughs) (laughs) so I wrote a bit about how we how the United States could have solved. Um, the whole like ISIS crisis um, by just dropping uh, AC-130s full of like Reese's peanut butter eggs. And the idea is that they are so <laughs> goddamn delicious and <laughs> so fulfilling that um, all of the terrorists will just give up they're going to lay down their assault rifles, realize that they now have it made from here on out, and they're going to say, Allahu yeah. snack bar. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually nothing more to life than the Reese's peanut butter eggs. Oh, and if we, no. could just, if we could just lock the world in the, <laughs> the month of Easter and just forever, then we would actually be so satisfied that nothing else would need to be done. Yeah. I can see it. The 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 That's trees not a bad idea. are a close second, but there's something about the shape of the egg 
that makes it <sighs> so like it's so easily consumable because it's one bite and then it's the second bite and you're done. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know, with with, with a regular cup, one. you might you might think, well, maybe I can get three bites out of it, or you know, the 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 true risk takers out there will just eat it in one. Uh, one, one slam <laughs> yeah but and then they're they're spending the next 15 minutes getting it off the roof of their mouth <laughs> <laughs> so like hold on so are we all in agreement that because i don't know if i'm necessarily sold on this but i i might think i might think that the the egg ratio is actually a little too much peanut butter mm-mm no, get you out. Think so? I, you have, I, what is with I your bad takes? This week? Holy <laughs> crap. I'm getting smashed this episode. Uh, Eric, what? I think a lot honestly, today, guys, and I'm going to have recommend a therapist. I'm going to have a real unpopular opinion here. I think my favorite Reese's form is the tiny ones the in thins? the bag. <laughs> no, the like tiny bite ones size. that are this big, the bite-sized ones yeah. in the bag. I and think those are my favorite. Is that because there's a higher chocolate ratio? Uh, yeah. So why do you why do you hate peanut butter? Why do you hate peanut butter, Eric? Why do I hate what? Peanut butter. Why? What do you have against peanut I think, butter? I think it's good. I think it's just a little like too. I don't know. It's a little like grainy. The 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 egg one. It's a little what? like. It's like oh, too, is your cocaine too powdery, Eric? <laughs> is your marijuana too sticky? Is, <laughs> <laughs> I love that I'm just on blast right now. For this. Wait, no, important it's... question. Important question. Yes. Okay. What are your guys' opinion on Peeps? I love Peeps. I hate them. God, what is wrong with you, Eric? They're disgusting. Bro. I love Peeps. They're like... They're I think so they're, gross. Be careful, like, Justin. There might not be an episode four at the end of this. <laughs> I think, honestly, they're a third favorite... Uh, uh, candy for easter i think number one is the reese's egg i think it's still the best candy number two is the chocolate bunny because for some reason the chocolate in the chocolate bunny is different than regular mm. chocolate it's got something else going for it that just mama mia it like hits melts. you right in the <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's just the flavor it's perfect the flavor. so i think i think third is peeps i think peeps you are go from a delicious think- chocolate bunny to hellish abominations that are peeps <laughs> yeah you know, Come I'm on, noticing a trend that Eric lights likes candy shaped like animals. That's true. Wow, Eric. Yeah. You need to get peed yeah. up maybe, in here. Maybe we're expressing a subconscious desire here. Hmm. Um, hey, yeah, okay, last topic real quick before before we wrap here. This is something that I was, that I was meaning to ask. So um, I, you were on a vegetarian diet for... One and a half years, two years, yes, something like Was. that. Um, what made you come back? What do you still um, hold the same beliefs? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's not as like in my brain as it used to be. Like, it's not. I don't commonly think about it not as a much. Priority. Um, but what what made me come back is like uh, health, basically. I um, it's kind of a long story, but. Uh, eating is like very complicated for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and a lot of things end up giving me a lot of pain. Um, so, and I haven't figured that out yet, but basically it was just like the types of things that I was eating, um, as a vegetarian generally were unhealthier. Were they Um, a lot of carb heavy items like bread and pasta? And like, um, 
Yeah, and just shit that was easy. Like, especially after um, I moved out of the dorms. Um, like, because the dorms are so... It's so easy for me to eat healthy because stuff is just there, right? <clears throat> um, and, like, I don't have to make it. So it's very low effort. I just go there and I right. get a nice meal and then it's fine. So, um, but, like, like moving into my own place, you got to make your all your own food and I kind of don't like doing that. So, like, it was just easier to add meat back in because then i could do things like make like chicken and rice yeah. and vegetables and like yeah. other healthy meals like that so that, that was kind of the main. i mean like i would like to go back to being vegetarian i think i'm an incompetent human being who can't take care of himself for the most part so like it's hard for me well, it's hard for me to like like justify uh, like I'm, I'm kind of broke so it's hard to like buy a bunch of food right and i also don't like cooking right. so uh, yeah that's kind of the that's kind of the main reason, but I'm kind of still of the impression that like it, it probably is the right choice um, for a lot of people. Even like if you were kind of like not hard about it and we're just like, I'm just going to eat meat like on a few days, a few days right. a week. You know? I, I think we could all like as Americans stand to eat less meat. Maybe yeah, not full vegetarianism, but we do eat a lot of meat. Yeah. So, and I, I think, yeah. Go ahead. I think vegetarian meals are good too. Like there's lots of good food, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You, you, you just really need like a strict regimen of a diet. Yeah. Um, just you to kind of got to be careful. Proper nutrients. Yeah. Like, did you take a multivitamin at all while you were coming? Yep, I did. Okay. And I made sure to take like B12 and stuff. Cause those are the, like the common ones that amino fuck acids. With you. Yeah. Protein. Yeah. Yeah. Those are like the, and like, you know, if you're, if you're hip to your Joe Rogan, uh, episodes you might oh, I always am. you might argue that that's not enough because dr Rhonda patrick said so but yeah uh, you know for the most part i think a lot of people can eat pretty healthy if they are focused on it you know yeah do you but, feel like you have more energy on a daily basis um no but that's for other reasons i think oh. <laughs> uh, i'm not very healthy right now particularly um so like yeah but i probably I probably was uh, just as energetic, like, being a vegetarian as I was being off vegetarian. Um, I think mm. most of that has to do with, like, caffeine consumption, water, and exercise, and then, like, diet uh, yeah. is kind of the last one. I but, mean, that's, like, 90% of what would make you feel good. Good, you know? yeah. Water's huge. Sure. Sleep's huge, too. Yeah. Yeah, sleep is, like, the... Yeah, that's like the main. Yeah, one, I'm should, sure. should we talk about your sleep schedule for the last like three weeks? Oh, it's so bad. I'm fucked right now. Like and like, it's I still fucked? one day I, I just refucked it because like one day I was like, okay, I woke up, <laughs> I went to bed at four, and I woke up at three p.m. So like, not good, right? Can't oh be gosh. doing that all the time. So what my solution was is like, I'm just gonna get real drunk at like eight p.m. And then I'll have to go to bed at like 10, right? <laughs> or 11. So I did that. How did and that then turn out? I woke up sober at like four in the morning because my body was like, we're sober now. Like we're not tired. So, hey, idiot, then, put some food in me. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, you know, I, I ended up getting a back on track. I fell back asleep, woke up at eight. And then like days later, it's literally like three days later, I'm back on my bullshit. And like I woke up at uh, one today. And I got out of bed at like two. Wow. Because <laughs> I was on my phone. So, yeah. What time did it's you get bad, up today, dude. Nathan? 
Well, today is a special case, but 6.30 for to prep for a 8 a.m. meeting. Special as in oh, that is which, late or early? Early. Okay. No, no, no. So <laughs> normally get up at 7.30 and, well, with, in these special coronavirus times, I take a long commute to my uh, office here, and uh, <laughs> which takes me about five minutes. But um, uh, where is I going with that? But see, I don't have that thing, right? Like, I don't have to work right now. Um, so, like... I don't, there's no meetings. There's nothing. So like my body just like throws everything out the window. It's like, we're just doing whatever we want. And then I just fuck right off. Your your body circadian rhythm is based off of your poop cycle right now. (laughs) There's just no daylight. There's nothing. Or maybe like (laughs) the fact, yeah, the fact that I don't go outside is a probably big contributor to that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. (laughs) But you know. Yeah. We're working on it working on it i mean yeah aren't we all working on it yeah, yeah. we're all justin's working, on, working on his lighting situation over there he's it's, he's it's just, pretty <laughs> just a shadow over in his listen okay. okay if if you really want to know all the light bulbs in this room are burnt out and i just haven't replaced them yet yeah oh, who needs it okay so i have no like lighting outside of the window that is like right there yeah, well, I mean, as long as you have to replace them, you could get one of those, like, smart light bulbs where you just, like... Oh, yeah. I should, actually. That's or, like, tar- you yell at Alexa to do it. Yeah, you actually... There are smart lighting systems that you can link to either Alexa or your phone. Like, you just yeah. get an app and you just I say, should like, do that. And, and, and you can time it, right? So, like, at, I, I always go to bed at 11 p.m. or whatever time it is. So then you can set it to just dim to like half brightness and then mm-hmm. after another half an hour, like, you know, wh- whatever you want it to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad's a big nerd about that stuff. He has like the thermostat is on the Wi-Fi and it's like connected to the like he has like a sensor that detects whether or not both of like my parents are in the bedroom to like turn the thermostat down <laughs> and like other shit like that. Things are going to start cool. up, huh? Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) He admitted it. (laughs) On that note. (laughs) On that note. All right, guys. Thank you for watching episode three of the Mind Melders podcast. If you enjoyed this video, feel free to leave a rating down below. Feel free to subscribe if you enjoy this type of content. We try to bring these weekly every Thursday. Uh, Well, we record on Thursdays. It gets uploaded on Saturday because I just need extra time to kind of post-process it. But anyway, that's the video, um, and we'll catch you all later. Thanks for watching. Peace. See ya.